Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shambles United podcast. This is your host Pranav Shahani and today I'm joined by two guests, Karan Advani, he's been on the show for the longest, joins us and also Satamitra Ghosh who is the se- who's been on the show for the second longest. So I think both of them are now competing for who's going to be the best guest on the show. And uh, today it's going to be a little different. It's going to be uh, we're going to talk about United players but we're also going to talk about the Euros. And uh, we've seen a lot of surprises, but mainly we've seen most of the teams we expected to go to go through. Obviously, there have been some upsets on the way, but generally it's been pretty smooth sailing for the teams we thought that would go through the knockout rounds. And uh, when it comes to United players, there have been some good good players. There have been some bad players. Unfortunately, Dean Henderson missed out due to an injury. Donny Van Der Beek also missed out through an injury. And then Harry Maguire for the first two games wasn't available, and then he came and he did he did really well in the final group game. So you know we we today we generally be discussing uh, the permutations for the competition, but also the impact United players have had in taking the nations through to the knockout rounds. And while some have got knocked out, like Scott McTominay, we'll we'll focus on why why that happened and how important ha- or the or not important has he been to uh, Scotland's failures in this tournament. So we'll start with you, shots. What have you made of? England's performances and what have you made of Harry Maguire when he came in, in the final game against Czech Republic because he played that defense splitting pass that led to that led to a really good goal scoring chance and we also saw that he was when he was at the back uh, you know mastering the defense they looked a more composed and a more solid team so what do you think about uh, what he brought to the team and do you see him starting for the next game so i do hope that he starts for the uh, game uh like for the knockouts because he brings a lot of class to the you know uh, backline for england as well as a lot of stability and you you can see how he actually how robust he is at the back although england have not been challenged a lot in terms of say uh, you know in goal threats in terms of goal threats from the group that they have come through and they were like the formation that uh, uh, the he has played out it has played has been quite decent mings stones uh, ben white everyone who has been called upon they have performed well but maguire is someone who brings in the x factor in the defense as well as adds more robustness to it as well as he can uh, you know bring the ball up a little better than his other compatriots and he has been doing the same for united as well and talking about england all of their uh, performances have been a little underwhelming uh, and southgate has surprised a lot of us as uh, like for a team like england no one can satisfy the you know the fans in terms of what uh, transpires on the pitch unless and until they you know go out and flourish with a 5-0 6-0 goals no one will be happy uh, but i do think maguire is a very crucial you know uh, element uh, i say in he will also add to a lot of uh, say ingredient to uh, you know england success so that is very very important absolutely you made you made a really good point about uh, ball progression because we've seen the england center backs not do that enough in the in the last two games and uh, karan what did you make of maguire's performance he played obviously 90 minutes stones was the one in fact who was was brought off in the 75th minute and Tyron Ings came in for him so what do you think about uh, Maguire with Stones Maguire with Ings and uh, what do you see happening 
with England in the in the coming game against Germany? Do you see Maguire having a huge impact, or do you think the Germans are going to bully the England defenders? Well, for starters, I feel Maguire hands down is the best centre back for club and country, and uh, he's been a pillar for us at United, and he's definitely been England's best centre back over the past couple of years. So, when when we speak about combinations and starting in defence, you think of Harry Maguire and the next defender. So he's somebody who's definitely going to be starting every game for England now. We don't know whether that's that run is going to end on the 29th against Germany or they might progress further. But uh, all the games that are remaining, I expect Maguire to be starting for them and excelling at them, uh, quite frankly. I, I, I believe I uh, mentioned it at the previous podcast as well that Maguire, after he comes back from injury, he is going to be one of the players who needs to be looked at like from a tournament standpoint. He, because he's someone who plays with Shaw at the club level on a weekly basis. He has the connect with him so he can play the passes to Shaw to progress the ball. Uh, along with that, I believe in the last game, he had the most progressive passes into the final third for any England player, which is remarkable considering there were, the, there were players like Grealish, Saka, uh, Calvin Phillips, who does it regularly for Leeds. Uh, so, for Maguire to do that from centre-back, it's something that's really unparalleled for England. And, yeah, his importance cannot be, like, undermined in any way or form. Absolutely. I mean, he, he does bring that difference whenever he's on the pitch both on and off the ball and he's good in the air and he's a good communicator as well so you can you can see that uh, on the pitch when uh, you know England looked like a much better team and so do United when when he wasn't there for the Europa League final you saw that how how badly the United defense looked and they were all over the place so I think that he's a really important player and Karan you know sticking with you uh, Marcus Rashford we had we had a talk about him before the tournament began and we weren't really sure whether he should start or not. You you said that you know if Harry Kane was going to play a sort of deep deepish uh, you know centre forward role that maybe you'll need Rashford to make those runs in behind him. But obviously Rashford hasn't. Uh, I mean Southgate hasn't seen Rashford in the same way, and he's not started him in any of his three games. And he's always come off the bench, and he's not really impressed whenever he's done that. There was one game where he played uh, down the middle, and I don't think he even got maybe five or six touches of the ball. When he played on the left, he looked like he was just isolated and he wasn't being able to get in the game. So, how have you seen Rashford share this tournament and do you see him play more of a role if England beat Germany or maybe even in the Germany game? Yeah, well, uh, like I mentioned, uh, everything depended on how Harry Kane was going to turn up for England. And uh, I believe he has come up with his first version where he's coming in deep and he's trying to pull the strings from midfield. Uh, and find his runners. So, I feel Rashford is someone... It's such a tricky situation because if Mason Mount is fit, he's hands down uh, England's best centre midfielder. And um, Jack Grealish, in my opinion, is one of the best players in the Premier League. Is somebody who has this creative spark. So, it's, it's very tricky to bench either of them. And you'd really be making it worse for the team if you play Rashford on the left, Grealish on the right and Mount in his natural position. So, it's it's difficult to fit Grealish and Rashford into the team. But uh, 
I I really don't understand why Harry Kane isn't playing like a proper number nine because he's not getting his goals. Raheem Sterling is England's top goal scorer. He scored the only goals England has scored this tournament. So Kane really needs to push forward. And and if if you are playing Kane a little deeper, then there's really no other goal threat other than Raheem Sterling because Grealish is not exactly an out and out attacking. player who's going to be scoring you a lot of goals so it's it's from a balanced standpoint if you're playing kane in this current role rashford needs to start in some way but uh, if you can get kane further forward like i said england are going to be a team to watch i mean uh, rashford starting might be a little tricky because you've seen sterling score both the goals and then you've seen saka saka start the last game and do really well dropping him will be difficult and then you've seen grealish pull the strings so then dropping him will also be difficult so short do you see rashford maybe uh, playing any sort of role in the next game because i think whenever he's come come off the bench he's he's not really done anything that you know makes me feel that okay he's going to bring something different to this team and maybe if england are not able to break germany down do you think he'll be the man who south gets sends on or do you see him send someone like a calvert lewin or maybe anyone else who who can bring something different to the team Right, so uh, against Germany, Germany's wing backs go up really, uh, you know, up high the pitch. So there is a vulnerability that uh, England can exploit with pace down the flanks. But that being said, I truly think that Southgate will actually try to have a three-man, uh, like three-man midfield behind Kane. Uh, Even in fact, clear two striker system with Sterling and Kane over there might possibly do that. Where by Sterling, you know, uh, drifting around and Kane being there on his own. Uh, the three, three. Why, why do I propose three-man um, midfield over there? Is because Saka, Grealish, and Mount, or you can have Sancho as well. Although Sancho is not playing at the moment, all three of them can have a lot of energy on the ball, and they can, you know. drag a lot of uh, say players and carry the ball forward with them having to uh, you know a pivot of philips as well as uh, rice doing the dirty work behind them but when uh, i suppose if rashford is to come into the play uh, he will be coming in as a substitute and to exploit uh, the weaknesses behind uh, you know the wing backs with his pace exploited and also run at the uh, the uh, run at the center uh, like the center backs because some there is a little bit of fragility in uh, say in german's defenses as hungary also showcased a few days back so him being an impact substitute can be a possibility but let's see what transpires because i'm not sure how southgate will be preparing his team for this Absolutely, and it's also worth noting that uh, Rashford has been playing with a shoulder injury, and uh, he's going to make a decision before the yes. next before the season starts whether he's going to uh, you know have surgery on it. So maybe that's that's probably holding him back because we've seen Rashford the kind of uh, player he's been for United, especially in the first half of the season. And if on uh, performances of the season, he would probably start ahead of Sterling, but I think he's not. Done enough, and Sterling has done enough. He's been scoring the goals, so it's hard to make a case to drop Sterling for Rashford. And uh, you know, now coming to uh, uh, Luke Shaw, what have you guys uh, 
made of his performance. He, he didn't play obviously the first game, but then he came back in the next game and he, he really did well. So uh, at the start of the of the Euros, we thought okay, Luke Shaw is going to be a nailed down starter, but that's not what happened. And there are even talks of Luke Shaw now, uh, of England playing a back three, so we're going to have two wing backs. So do you think that Luke Shaw will start the next game? Firstly, how you, what have you guys made of his tournament so far? Do you think he'll start the next game, or do you think that Ben Chilwell is more suited to playing that left wing back role? Short, what do you think? So uh, Luke Shaw has been one of the you know better players for us. Definitely one of the best uh, you know left back in the world. Uh, when you're looking at say in the Euros. He he has created the most chances out of any player in England squad, despite him playing only twice. Yeah. Now, when you're looking at the uh, uh, say the kind of uh, say kind of team that Southgate might be proposing or would be thinking of putting on the pitch, uh, if he does not have Luke Shaw, that that would be a little bit difficult for him, like for the team to manage. The wing back situation from a Germany's perspective, because you'll have, uh, you know, uh, you'll have Kimmich will be, you know, drifting out. You have Gosens who is in extremely good form at the moment. If you don't have a good, uh, say, wing back who can actually play uh, play around with, say, the midfield a little bit, can progress the balls, can create chances as well as be robust. I don't think it will be, you know, a easy easy task for England to manage Germany. So I hope he like Southgate goes in with Luke Shaw because that he he is going to be really good when he is competing against uh, Germany. Plus he'll be adding a little bit more flavor when going ahead as well. Absolutely, and if you just consider the defensive impact, Luke Shaw can obviously be a better player than Chilwell. And even if Southgate wants to, you know, have that attacking the fullback, Luke Shaw can play as a left centre back because he's a left-footed player, and in my opinion, he's a, a better player to have there than Tyron Mings because he can obviously drift out and you know cover that fullback uh, space also when uh, Chilwell True. is gone forward. So currently, this coverage yeah. is a little bit more Absolutely. in terms of say uh, the kind of heat mapping that he does yeah. throughout the game. Absolutely. So, Karan, what do you see? Do you see Shaw start as a wing back? Do you see him start as a left centre back, or do you see Southgate stick with a back four and Shaw playing as a left back? Uh, Southgate has a couple of options if he he intends on having Trippier starting at left wing back, for example, then he might consider playing Shaw or Mings as a left centre back. But personally, I would. Definitely prefer Shaw starting because he, in my opinion, is England's best left back. Uh, and even if he was deployed in the left wing back position, he would not be putting in poor performances in any way or form. So he he'd be a really good asset to have. So he definitely starts. But if if you're playing a back three, then it, it's tempting because uh, you you could make a case for Tyrone Mings because he's been. Pretty solid uh, over the two games which he's played both clean sheets. So you could start him at left centre back, or perhaps you could be tempted to maybe give Ben White a chance to play in uh, a three back because he does a week in and week out for Brighton. So yeah, it, it's a good headache to have for Southgate, but then let's just see what's in his mind. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's that's done with the England players. We would obviously speak about Dean Anderson, but he 
just pulled out of the squad because of an injury. And even if he hadn't, I don't think he would have probably played any games. Which is the same we can say about uh, David De Gea because he's been in the England squad, but he's been relegated to second and third choice because Unai Simon has played all three games. So what what have you guys seen about De Gea? Do you think that uh, Spain would be better with him in goal, or do you think that Simon is the right man? And uh, also, what 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 do you guys think about De Gea's future? Do you do you guys see him leave this summer? Because obviously Romero Romero has gone. He's been linked to Everton, and we all got Tom Eaton in. We all we are getting Tom Eaton in. So do you guys see? They stay put and uh, be in uh, first or second choice for us next season, or do you think that this is the right time we cash in on him? Karan, you've been a vocal critic about De Gea for the past two or three years. So, what have you made of his performances in the last six months? And do you think that he's going to stay at the club beyond this summer? I I do think that uh, De Gea is going to end up staying at the club because I don't believe there is. any club in europe that would want a premium keeper at his wages after paying a transfer fee we'd, we'd have to do something uh, in the lines of what we did with alexis sanchez which isn't healthy for any financial like uh, business it's never it's never going to be healthy for the balance balance sheet but uh, yeah i see de gea staying at the club but speaking of his performances over the last 6 months It's fair to say that he's been declining on an annual basis for the past few years now. Like especially after his peak season, where we finished second uh, under Jose, so he's definitely been declining. And speaking of Spain, I Unai Simon and uh, Rob Sanchez are hands down better shot stoppers uh, than David De Gea in 2021. I I would not say that maybe five years ago, but as of today. I definitely rate Simon and Rob Sanchez over De Gea. So Enrique seems to be doing the right thing by benching. That's a good point because uh, in three games in the Euro, Spain have just conceded one goal, and that's been that's been to Poland, and that's been to uh, arguably the best striker in the world, Robert Lewandowski. So Satamitra, do you see that? Do you think that uh, that's the right choice, or do you think De Gea would have probably? Kept all three clean sheets like uh, Pickford did, or do you think Unai Simon is better than De Gea in terms of today and as well as the future? Because uh, I think Luis Enrique sees him as a long, long-term number one. So, do you think that he made the right call benching someone with the international and domestic experience like De Gea, or do you think he should have played him in goal for the Euros? See, De Gea, as Karan mentioned, De Gea has been uh, declining. his performances have not been up to scratch even in the world cup also you you saw him he wasn't in the zone he was a little porous considering what like how his uh, say tally of clean sheets have been like as well as how he uh, you know how things have transpired at the international level as well and as you mentioned pranav uh, you know enrique is looking to the future as well unai simon definitely should be Spain's number one. I'm not discounting uh, Dea in any manner, but I haven't seen a spark uh, in at least the international stage on the international stage to you know uh, consider that he should be their number one. Unai Simon has been decently, uh, you know, doing decently for Spain itself, uh, keeping clean sheets. I suppose I I wouldn't mind Dea being there. Uh, say like giving him some time if spain would have qualified already 
but that wasn't the case so enrique is going with a you know full proof full proof plan for the future as well as whatever like he has seen uh, up till to the build up of the euro as well definitely and uh, now speaking about bruno fernandes he's been our best player since he's joined but in terms of his performances for the for his country he doesn't really look like the world class player he's been at united and uh, that's that's obviously reflected in his performances he started the first game against hungary i think he did decently but again it's hungary and portugal just cruise cruise past that game 1-3 then the next game when when it was the first tough challenge of the tournament against germany obviously portugal lost 4-2 but bruno was nowhere to be seen in that game and rightfully so i in my opinion he was subbed off in the 64th minute and then in the final game of the group stage against against france he didn't even start the game he was brought off in, in the 72nd minute and i don't think after coming on he had that sort of an impact that uh, you know the coach thought he would so uh, i know it's hard as united fans to criticize him but in my opinion i think he's had a horrible tournament at least in terms of the standards we've set of him how have you guys seen his tournament so far and do you think that he'll be starting in the next game because in my opinion i don't think he should he should start the next game karan what do you think about his performances so far i personally think he's had a really underwhelming euro 2020 because he's definitely burnt out he's played 84 games in the past calendar year which is roughly a game every four and a half days which is ridiculous in every sense it's, it's something that no human has to go through because it's it's tiring it's tedious it's mentally taxing so i'm not i'm not shocked at how he's been playing but it's it's also disappointing to know that he he fails to make an impact in a dead game like when when we talk about games like hungary where they were defending in a low block we saw how renato sanchez had a hand in all three goals in some way because uh, yeah. he kept link, he yeah. kept linking with afa silva he kept linking with ronaldo with uh, andre silva who came in the came in the end um, so renato sanchez on the other hand has been somebody who might not be contributing directly through goals and assists but he's been having those moments where he's taking on a couple of defenders he's being bold he's making the smart pass he's being progressive and uh, his his possession value over the past 3 games has been amongst the best in the euros with like the likes of tony cruz and paul pogba which is some group to be in. so renato sanchez definitely has to be starting over bruno it it hurts for sure but at at some point we need to accept that bruno isn't going to be putting in world class performances with the schedule he's had over the past year that's interesting you speak about the number of games he's played because i feel that fernando santos has given him a chance in the past and much like the euros he's not been able to fit into that system maybe united system is so built around him that you know he gets the ball in those dangerous situations and he can play those killer passes but do you think it's it's down to bruno it's down to the system or it's down to how just fernando santos wants to build his team around say someone like ronaldo instead of bruno like how united do yeah i think i think it's fair to say that regardless of what bruno achieves uh, at the club level the focus is never going to be on him when he's playing for his country because when when you talk about somebody like cristiano ronaldo who's arguably one of the greatest players to ever play the sport so not not even arguable actually it's a fact at this point so 
the focus is never going to be on bruno and when we speak about the creative prowess of portugal as as a team you have players like jao mutinho like ruben neves you have bernardo silva you have renato sanchez you have rafa silva you have diego jota there there are jao felix so there are so many players that can like provide the service ronaldo requires to thrive so bruno is never going to be the player who is going to make the impact and be expected to make an impact every game so in in, in terms of focal focal point he's never going to be the star but uh, yeah i i agree with you when you say that bruno hasn't really turned up for portugal throughout his career so it it could be down to system but it also could be down to maybe currently might be down to fatigue and i don't know maybe he likes things to go through him which he isn't getting at portugal yeah you and i think even i think it's something something to do with that and shorts what do you think do you think uh, bruno needs to do better himself or do you think he's trying the best he can and it's just the system that's not uh, you know suited for him uh i think the way in uh, the, the position that he's playing in he's not very comfortable in uh although yes as karan mentioned he has been fatigued a lot because he's been playing so many games and because of that workload uh you know since the past 12 months it's no surprise that he's been you know a little patchy and dodgy but if you're looking at the team itself like if you have if uh, say portugal has to bring out the best in bruno he should be given uh, you know a uh, you know a much more advanced position to actually play in so you can have renato sanchez also in uh, to help him out because there was no one to actually drop deep and get the ball out of portugal's midfield itself not clean the double pivot but actually you know uh, thinking of danilo as a you know uh, as a uh, you know a person who can do the dirty work on uh, on his own and then pass it forward or else you can have ruben nevesh as well who can do the dirty work and you know carry the ball ball forward as well so if you have renato sanchez and you know bruno playing in tandem renato sanchez can also you know build, uh, get the ball ahead bring a lot more energy bruno can try and you know give a lot more uh, you know uh, attacking balls spraying the balls like he does for united itself and create chances then you can have you know jota ronaldo as well as uh, say bernardo silva going inside as well rather than just banking on say them in uh, no clicking or getting like if you've seen portugal's game also ronaldo was coming back a lot so if you give him uh, say ronaldo renato sanchez and a little more freedom in the central position there will be a change in how he is performing for uh, say portugal that's that's really interesting because uh, and now we'll we'll speak about we've spoken about bruno a player who does well for club and not for country now let's speak about pogba who always does well for his country at international tournaments and seldom does puts in those kind of performances for his club because i think he had an amazing world cup he had an amazing world cup even before that in 2014 and now he's in my opinion been one of france's players of the tournament he started the tournament really well then in the next game against hungary he was a bit quiet but then again against portugal you saw that he he did really well and he provided an assist for for a goal so uh, karan what do you think about pogba's performances thus far in in the euros well i think he's been united's player of the tournament 
at the Euros. He's been one of France's, or if not the best France player at the tournament. And if France had to go on and win win the tournament, I think he's going to play another huge, huge role. Maybe get a few assists, but just generally have that kind of uh, domineering midfield presence that we've seen him achieve at France and before that at Juventus for the last I don't know three or four years. That's been missing at United. So, where do you think? He's playing differently for France, and just generally, how do you think he's impacted this France side? Yeah, Pogba has been absolutely phenomenal. This these uh, Euros, he's pulled the strings from midfield. He's ensured that the likes of Griezmann, Benzema, Mbappe have always had the ball in between the lines, like behind the defenses to run onto. He's been flawless, like. Like you mentioned, he he had a quiet game against Hungary, but that's not something that we could define him by, because the, both the both the big games that he's played, he's bossed both of them. So yeah, he he's had a great tournament. But uh, like we've had this discussion so many times, like Pogba of Man United versus Pogba of France. Speaking of that, I think Pogba had a great season this season. He he. He played really well. He was consistent when he was put in to an advanced role. Uh, so yeah, the, he he definitely gets better when the players in and around him are better, and uh, he doesn't have to work as hard defensively. So he does thrive in those situations, and he he's definitely helped uh, with the likes of Fog, uh, with the likes of Kante uh, sitting beside him. I, I I believe they are undefeated together, like in thirty games, yeah. which is. A really good start to have. So they balance each other out well, and uh, he's he's been missing that at United because we have Fred that has a tendency to overcommit and leave space in behind, and we have somebody like McTominay who isn't the most positionally aware player. Like when you compare him to the best defensive midfielders in Europe, so yeah, he he misses that at United. And uh, to talk about your claim of him being. United's best player at the Euros. I believe Dan James would have something to say about that <laughs> because he 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 would be my pick. Uh, he's created the most chances from open play, which is amazing. Like considering he plays for a far inferior Wales side. So yeah, Dan James would be my pick for that. So before before we get to Dan James, shorts. What what have you made of Pogba's tournament? And do you agree with me that he's been United's best player? Or do you have someone else in mind? Uh, definitely being one of the you know contenders for being uh, player of the tournament. If France are going to be you know uh, France are definitely going above and well beyond the round of sixteen and so sorry the quarterfinals and uh, definitely see uh, as Karan was mentioning N'Golo Kante with him. Actually, he elevates Pogba's game huge, hugely. And uh, if we are looking at say the performance that he's been pulling in, uh, say he has a lot of attacking freedom. He is pulling the strings in the you know midfield as well. If we grant him the similar privilege at United, uh, you know they will be definitely getting the best out of our record signing. And uh, technically, if you see. Pogba can roam around. He has a lot of other players who bring in a lot of energy in the midfield. He does not. He, he's not burdened with you know tracking back a little bit more with whatever responsibilities that United's formation actually puts on him. Uh, that's why we are seeing 
a very different Pogba than what we have seen on United. Although he has been, he has done well, as Karan also mentioned uh, during the end of the so end of the season. So he has been the most stellar player, definitely. Absolutely, and uh, Karan, you know, coming back to you, you said Dan James has been the player of the tournament. So. Let's speak about Dan James's impact on this Wales side. But then let's also speak about Scott McTominay, who's the other United player we've not spoken about. Because both of them are like really pivotal to the way their sides play. But Dan James, like you mentioned, had a really good tournament, and McTominay's been kind of underwhelming for Scotland. So have the general. So so are Scotland in general. But he's been he's been playing in a back three, which is not suited to his strengths. Obviously, he's been playing there a lot for. Uh, He's been playing there a lot for uh, Scotland. So, how have you made? What have you made of James' tournament and McTominay's tournament? James, I believe, uh, firstly, he's starting in his best position, which is left wing, and uh, the fact that Wales aren't uh, a side that are going to be dominating possession every game, uh, it suits his strength. It suits the game plan, and he has a lot of space to run into, as we saw against the likes of Turkey and Switzerland. Uh, he could really run onto the defense. Italy was another beast uh, because they really found a lot of effective manners to cut down on the goals they are conceding. But uh, in the Swiss and Turkey games, I feel James was a constant uh, threat uh, down the left, and he was winning a lot of fouls in the final third, which uh, is really promising when you have the likes of Ramsey and. Uh, bail to take free kicks and yeah in general have players to head the ball in so yeah i feel james has been excellent this tournament and speaking of mctominay uh, scotland have really disappointed me because when you look at look at it scotland have a better squad than wales they have experience in midfield they have a solid enough uh, defensive uh, structure they have The likes of Che Adams and up top, they have arguably the best left back in the world in Andy Robertson. So, yeah, they they really disappointed me. And uh, yeah, McTominay isn't best suited to play centre back. But overall, I feel it's good uh, that Scotland got knocked out because McTominay has been playing a lot for us over the course of the season. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes that makes a lot of sense. And what do you think, Satyamitra? How have these two players been? James has obviously had a really really good tournament, and McTominay is not. So, what have you made of the two players? Right. So, uh, see, Daniel James has been rejuvenated, and he has recaptured his confidence as well when he's playing down the left hand side, and he has improved his delivery into the box. And no wonder, like it's it's been a surprise that he's been one of the you know, leading chance creators at Euro. Uh, when you're looking at say, uh, you know, there have been some moments of frustration for uh, Wales because end product, uh, you know, is not still there for James. Although his lightning pace makes him you know a perpetual threat, that is always there. But uh, you know, I I think. Uh, Wales depends on James's pace and uh, you know Bale a lot more than what you know United would be doing say on James itself. 
coming to mctominay and scotland it was very disappointing mctominay did uh, you know did his best playing in a position that he's not used to uh, when you're looking at uh, say the goals which scotland you know conceded their xgs were really really minuscule and most of them were wonder goals uh, you know patrick sheek scored a wonderful goal against them and scotland was robust but they could not deliver the you know final blows for most of the games that they played in and that is what was lacking um apart from that say they could have done a lot better when it comes to say the transition that they were transitions that they were doing and they relied a lot more on robertson for the chances and creating those chances as well absolutely and you know before we wind off i just want a one word reply from you guys as to who's going to win the euros uh, italy were my dark horses and they really surprised me more than i thought they would so i'm going for them as my winners shorts who do you think are going to win the euros i before the uh, tournament began i did mention italy and someone laughed it off <laughs> but uh, <laughs> mancini has rejuvenated uh, italy to a huge extent and they have been really playing well but i still believe uh, portugal can come back i'm supporting them that's interesting and karan what about you who do you think is going to win i'm going to be bold and say belgium are going to be champions lukaku to fire them to the trophy that is that is interesting and we'll see what happens but thank you again for joining us and thanks to my lovely hosts it's been another great episode of the champions and podcast and uh, feel free to follow us on instagram and twitter we keep sharing a lot of updates about united we we generally discuss a lot about the euros we have one person in among our social media team that absolutely despises garrett southgate so if you want some garrett southgate rants you can find that on our social media especially on our twitter but apart from that thanks for listening and thanks for being such a wonderful audience and we'll be back soon thank you bye bye